Welcome to another edition of the Comedian Stable here on 93.1 CFIS-FM. I'm your host, Brian Major. And the Comedian Stable, for those of you unaware, every comedy venue should or does have a table set aside for the comedians for us to sit around before, during, and after the show to chill, relax, BS, catch up, gossip, etc. And that's what this is. Just a bunch of comedians sitting around a table. Eating ketchup. <laughs> ketchup. Tonight, my guests are... Reg Fair. Devin Flynn. We were talking about whether or not a town such as Prince George will come out and support an all-BIPOC lineup of comedians, which is what the Just Us Comedy Showcase is, mm-hmm. featuring Monita Ranu, Neela Pahal, myself, Brian Major, and Kylie Lewis-Holt, and a special guest MC who you'll have to find out Ah. If you come to the show, um, will they come out? And you, sorry, tonight my guests are. You said already. Oh, I did. Sorry, and you, my memory. He points, <laughs> and you, he points to Devin and doesn't use his name. And you, Devin. Some deja vu there. Didn't you do this in the last one? <laughs> yeah. Are you doing okay, man? <laughs> um, train of thought. <laughs> it's, it keeps getting derailed. Um, you had mentioned earlier. That I, if I market to BIPOC people, they would come out and support an all BIPOC lineup? I would like to think. Yeah. I, I Here's the thing. Yeah, you don't want to, though, do you? No, for a couple of reasons. One is uh, they don't usually support. Anyways. <laughs> no, <laughs> they usually no, don't no. support their own? Is that what you're going to say? The comedians are going to be talking about their experiences as BIPOC people yeah. in a small northern town. Yeah. Um, and it's for the benefit of a wider, when I say wider, I mean wider audience, <laughs> <laughs> so they can learn from this about, the, about their experiences as either South Asian people, indigenous people, or black people in a small northern town. Because it's... These are voices that you wouldn't don't normally hear from. Well, don't you think, correct me if I'm wrong, but most of the BIPOC comedians who found the biggest fame, uh, a lot of their humor is based on a lot of... Their the, ethnicity and it's geared towards but their how, own people? No, no. The, the reverse. They, especially, uh, uh, what's his name? The, the Russell Peters. Yeah, Russell Peters. I knew he was going to be special, Especially Russell Peters. He basically takes what uh, perhaps a racist would make fun of his his uh, race for, and he, he uses turns it, it around as it. as saying saying I can't believe you know my family is like this. You know what I thought right? of when you say that, and when that, he went to India yeah. for the very first time and stepped off the plane, and, and his initial reaction was, "This place." <laughs> <laughs> well, are you talking about two different things here, Reg? You're talking about Russell Peters there and talking about his experience with his family and his culture. Well, sure, but but I think a lot of that is uh, geared to the white audience. Like a, a, most BIPOC comedians, sure, they have uh, things, jokes that specific. might be inside right. specific to the, the group they're from, but uh, the ones that really make it big are the ones that get outside that and, and say, you know what? This is crazy that we do this, this, and this, and this. And it, I can't believe... Name one other South Asian comedian besides the ones I mentioned, Neil Joe, Pahal and Joe Monita Rennie. 
Who? Or do you mean South he Asian? Is, yeah, isn't he from the Philippines? Who? South Asian to me is Indian. Yeah, Philippine. Indian, Pakistan, well, yeah, that area. We need to bust a map well, out there. I'm pretty sure the uh, Philippines is well, in South Asia there, Brian. I think it's still part of Asia. Is it not? In the southern part, yeah. Sean Majumba. Yeah. Majumber. Okay. Majun, Majunder? Majunder. Sean Majumber. Name, name another one. Name another one. Um, <laughs> Amy Wong? Uh, Aziz. Sonny Dollywall. Well, yeah, but Aziz, uh, what's his name? That Aziz was, Ansari. Uh, yeah. From uh, Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec, yeah. That's another one. And I know of another one, but I can't remember his name. <laughs> I, I remember watching a movie that he starred in. The guy from was, the late night show. He does the, the news correspondence. He's no. been he's been doing a lot of guest spots in a lot of movies. No, no, this this movie starred him, oh, okay. and it was basically about his uh, trying to break into comedy is, in New York. He, there aren't a, a lot of them. Name a white comedian. Well, that's easy though. <laughs> <laughs> that's the point. No, no, but your point is is, and I had this same discussion earlier. If eighty percent of your population is white. Of course, 80% of the comedians are going to be white. It's just math. <laughs> yeah. So, right? Reg, I want to go back there for a second. You were talking about uh, you were using Russell Peters as an example okay. of him using his cultural experience and making jokes about it. Yes. You were saying there's like inside jokes. Do you think that experience involves some degree of, I don't know if this is the best phrase to use, whitewashing? Like... If he's talking about um, East Indian culture with his East Indian friends there, I'm talking topics and names and uh, uh, um, cultural specifics that would not translate to white people. Well, uh, just to get back to that is, is the other part of that is the whole generational thing. And uh, 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 what's her name? Cho. Margaret. Margaret Cho. She did that a lot, too where she would make fun of her parents because uh, her growing up in America, she didn't understand why they were set in their ways when she, she just wanted to be just an American. But it's sort of that clash of, of cultures because they're being raised as North American, even though the culture's still there from their from their ancestry, which, which is funny because that clash of cultures, do you think, would make it even more uh, fruitful for comedians? That there'd be no, so many more of them no, because exact, it's it's, well, it's, it's yeah. those that clash of situations. Yeah. There, the the things being lost in translation sometimes literally makes for good funny. But well, I think sure. my previous point is, who's the funny for? You know, if you're making jokes about, you know, your uh, Asian mom and dad not adapting well to North American culture, are you making those jokes with them that they themselves are laughing? Or at their expense. Well, realistically, when it comes to generational humor, you're always making it at the expense of your parents. This is true. It doesn't matter what culture you're from. No, this is true. You could even be white and, you know, Jerry Seinfeld, (laughs) I'm sure, has had done... Well, this is just not an ethnic clash of culture it's a generation generational thing. yeah yeah because i mock my parents all the time well exactly this is true so but it just uh it, it just gets magnified when there's also that cultural difference right yeah as opposed to just oh, i can't believe my parents are like this 
right? You think your parents you are bad? Spin in the Try being <laughs> South Asian. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's so. I, but you were saying you're surprised there's not more doing that. Um, Maybe that's. But the I think that's that Brian's trying to address is there are more we're just not seeing or supporting them. Um, I don't a know. White guilt. It's. Been a while. <laughs> I think I think there's a bit of uh, a bit of a well I. I I think there's a bit of a bravery there that you don't find necessarily. Like you may make jokes among your friends about your parents or your culture or whatever, but it, it takes a certain amount of uh, gusto and and certain certain amount of cojones to get up and, and do it in front of an audience. I think it's also stepping outside those cultural expectations. You know, a typical North American white guy, hello, <laughs> We're told, follow your dreams, you know, yeah. pursue your passions. In other <laughs> right. cultures, it's uh, support your family. I know a certain individual, He Feng Zhou, who I've worked with, he really stepped outside those expectations. The hitchhiking I, comedian. The hitchhiking comedian. Ah. And... Uh, so his parents had expectations of him being, to uh, be anything but a comedian. Going into, Are they maybe going had finance specific? I okay. Yeah, realistically, I, all parents... <laughs> believe it's oh, really you're going to be comedian come on well and i, I know because he, you're gonna that's what you're gonna do huh feng joe yeah uh was uh, he is a traveling comedian like, mm-hmm. that is his job title i, I might right. be paraphrasing somewhat but he was almost proud of this fact interestingly so they had to create a unique job identifying number specifically for him meaning nobody in the history of China, at least on paper, has ever done his job that was recognized by the Chinese government. Oh, wow. I, fa- I just found that very fascinating. And yeah. He's a very unique individual to pioneer that. Yeah. Going against the grain. Mm-hmm. But again... So it wasn't even considered an occupation? or no. Beforehand? No. Wow. He was the first to have that particular occupation. There have been Chinese comedians... Maybe From not. Can- this Canada, is why I may be paraphrasing. I don't know the specifics, but United he is a States. traveling. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's a traveling. He's, or he's com- traveling like a traveling salesman, except he's just selling you a joke. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Aren't all comedians technically traveling? traveling? <laughs> going from gig to <laughs> if, gig? Unless, if not. <laughs> I think it's relative. But uh, going back to uh, the reason I brought up the band council is. Band council. The band council. Did mm-hmm. I mention the band? No, you no, mentioned you oh, I said it off the air. Recording. <laughs> yeah, before we started recording, yes, we were talking about okay, something. The reason I wanted to talk about the band council, the band council were these two indigenous comedians from Vancouver, mm-hmm. Dustin Hollings and this guy named, he goes by the stage name Chuck Cease, okay. which if you say that to a Cree person, they're going to giggle because it's huh. apparently, it's not, it's a stage name. If you say right. it three times fast, you get a lisp for life. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> and I brought them up to Prince George for a show. And I advertised to indigenous people, mm-hmm. meaning I brought posters around to all the indigenous organizations in town, whether it be the justice, the health, the housing, the whatever, right? Who showed up? Not indigenous people. No. <laughs> it, but we did get an article in the paper when newspapers were a thing. And non-indigenous people must have seen it. This was well, sure. I, I didn't put out Facebook ads because I don't think they existed at the time. But the non-Indigenous population came out and supported an Indigenous show. 
which which happened in Victoria as well. But that Victoria is a different case because it's all older white people, mm-hmm. and that's who came to the show. But it surprised me when it happened again in Prince George. Well, yeah, I, I just think comedy is more universal than uh, you. You'd have to have a pretty so people are just going to a comedy narrow show because it's stand-up comedy. You'd have to have a pretty narrow focus of of, uh, of subjects, uh, topics that you have in your act, for it not to be uh, enjoyed by case in point, various people. <clears throat> That's another thing I wanted cultures. to bring up. I took part in this competition called the Great Canadian Laugh Off. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it's called now, but I was randomly selected by a computer to go to Toronto to perform in the semifinals. Matt Billen was there. Rest in peace. He's from Prince George. Born, I think. Oh. He actually won that heat that night. Um, but it was uh, the semifinals. And I was randomly selected to perform. Mark Breslin, the owner, CEO, whatever you want to call him, yeah. of Yuck Yucks, was there. Saw my act. And he he thought I did good. And he, he he was happy that he could understand my jokes because he's seen other indigenous comedians. And I know who he was talking about. I don't want to name who it was. But this guy pigeonholed himself into only performing for indigenous people. Because hmm. non-indigenous people, you walk, they watch him. They don't understand what he's talking about. But you put him in front of an indigenous crowd, he'll crush. Right. And... He he said, you don't want to become, Mark Breslin said this, he goes, you don't want to become ghettoized like him. Right, right. And he goes, ghetto is a Jewish word. I'm Jewish. This is Mark yeah. speaking. It's not, you know. Yeah. He goes, you don't want to become pigeonholed, which is what almost happened to me. Because at that time, the Toronto Comedy Yuck Yucks was the first time I had performed in a comedy club mm-hmm. for a wider, wider audience. Prior to that, I had been performing uh, indigenous conferences for indigenous people. And I remember when I first started going to the clubs and going to the comedy rooms in Vancouver, I, I was speaking to Chris Gaskin, former local comedian, and I told him this joke that I have that I tell at indigenous conferences for indigenous people. It's a, the, the res joke. You've mm-hmm. heard it. You've heard it? Probably. Comparing the res to the residences at the university. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I told it to him. He goes, but I've never, I said, I, I told it to Chris Gaskin. He goes, that's a great joke. Why don't you tell it to, Yeah. in, in, in the comedy rooms? And the, I was like, do will people understand it? He's like, I'm white. <laughs> and I totally yeah. understood what you're talking about. Thanks and for speaking. That's well, a great joke. Chris. Well, um, a good example of that is is a local a recent guest you had Dakota uh, Dakota Ray Hebert Hebert she was on and you gave me her CD and I listened to the CD and she's hilarious mm-hmm. uh, a lot of her material it's called I'll give you an Indian act yeah a lot of her material is slanted politically in a in a in a way that I'm not you know I don't really agree with necessarily but you mean pro indigenous. <laughs> No, no, no. She's an indigenous comedian. Yeah, sure. But I mean, a lot of it was a little, I'm going to use the term woke, okay? Okay. It was a little more woke than I... You make it sound like uh, a 
derogatory term. Well, but it's not. Anyway, <laughs> uh, but I, I I got the jokes. I laughed at them. Her delivery was spot on, and you don't necessarily have to be hundred uh, percent on, on the side. same page okay. as a comedian. To enjoy to, their to performance. Good on you for being a respectful ally, Reg. <laughs> didn't, you I did, wouldn't you go did, that far. You weren't on board with <laughs> her politically, go. but you laughed at her jokes. Well, she was She's funny. very funny. She's very funny, and, and her presence, you, you couldn't see it because it's on CD, but obviously she was working the crowd really well, yeah. and her expressions, everything, just... But awesome. in all seriousness, like people forget, like you can disagree with somebody but still find them entertaining. Yeah, find the that's find the humor in it. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, I, I watch uh, I watch a lot of the late night talk show hosts regularly, and there's plenty of times where I don't agree with their point of view, but I appreciate the joke. Sometimes the joke isn't as good as they think it is, but <laughs> I've always appreciated that with the South Park guys because for a while they were trying to, uh, or sorry, people were trying to pigeonhole them and saying they've got a liberal agenda, and and they went on the defensive, I guess, and just said no, we just make fun of stupid people. Yeah, it just so happens to tend to be a certain political group. <laughs> yeah, I really appreciate that. Is like we'll make fun of anybody who does or says something stupid, whoever hmm. that is. Remains to be seen. Yes. I just want to mention Ed Hill. So there are events going on Ed at, the Thirsty, at the Thirsty Moose. Do you know the date? I do not. Can you look it up quickly? Who's Ed Hill? Ed Hill's a Asian comedian. Okay. Uh, I think from Vancouver. Uh, he's going to be at the Thirsty Moose. Oh, okay. After the semester's over. Right. So there are events going on at Thirsty Moose. Ed Hill is going to be live at the Thirsty Moose Friday, May 12th, 2023. Ah. That's got to so be tough. So it's a Friday show. <laughs> <laughs> That's got to be tough running a place like the Thirsty Moose, where basically your entire uh, clientele are gone for two, three months. Well, you know what? Uh, so the Thirsty Moose Four show months. I have coming up Four on months. April 13th, or had, according to this, when this recording is going to be released yeah you, you bombed I, it, <laughs> oh. um, it's a tough time like there were limited time slots and with respect to other events and comedy shows going on i picked the best date i thought would be available right. until i ran into a uh, friend's son who was a student up there while i was postering and said yeah man we're gonna be knee deep in exams might yeah, be a small yeah. crowd i'm like yeah. well darn so i'm hoping <laughs> You had a good crowd have, last time. I had a good crowd last time. That, you know, was early, was that was early in the semester, though, right? That was early in the semester. Very early. So, fingers crossed, hoping for the best. Uh, I'm trying to uh, hope that people who are not students up at the university will come out and support it. Obviously, you're, you're right, Reg. It's, it's a university. It's a uh, campus pub. So, in the past, I have been banking on students coming out, having well, a drink. Well, for sure, yeah. There is the residence up there. Yeah. The res. The res. The res. So, just being optimistic <laughs> that uh, they will want a break from exams. Right. And not be so stressed out that they can't afford an hour and a half, two hours to have some laughs. The parking up at the university, is that 24-7, do you know? Unfortunately, I believe so. Yeah. Wow. Ooh. See, if, if that was free parking in the evenings... You'd have a better shot at... You know what? I think that would make a huge difference and probably for other late night events up at the university. Yeah. But... Yeah. 
It's not. No. All right. They don't make enough money. They got to charge for parking. At least it's affordable. At least it's not expensive parking. Oh, I wouldn't know. <laughs> yeah. Brian doesn't drive, so he doesn't know about parking. I don't know about driving either. Doesn't know about driving <laughs> either. Yeah, that's right. Like when I'm driving with my daughter, she'll point stuff out yeah. that other drivers are doing. I'm like, nope, no idea. Well, next time I give you a ride, I'll point things out of how I'm doing it wrong. See that? That's not how you do that. <laughs> Didn't know that. Uh, what other shows are... Oh, you went to the... Were you at the last show? At the firm? At the firm? I was. How was it? It was great. Everybody which, was, which last show? This was... Uh, this guy named Luke Jonathan. Luke who, Jonathan who a, was headlining. Who did a spot... On the Comedy Clash? Oh, okay. Yeah. Met him for the first time. Luke Bryan was headlining uh, in addition to openers Dale Erstein, John White, and Denim Morrison. And no, no Taylor, Taylor Lakeport. No, okay. Hmm. So, no, everybody did great. It was a great crowd. Lots of laughs. And uh, you know what? A little bit of musical injection from Luke was a welcome change of pace. Most of us are not so musically inclined. He can play a little ditty. And was it a funny laugh. song? Sorry? Was it a funny song? It was. Oh, okay. What's his last name? Luke Jonathan. Jonathan. I'd heard about a, a guy name, named I Luke believe. that... Is it? Hmm? It's his stage name, I believe. Well, he's oh. Luke Jonathan in my heart. Because <laughs> he's Mexican. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, well, I, I, I guess people come out to support someone, a Mexican comedian. Mexicans Mexican can't comedian. have the last name Jonathan? Well, that's how he draws them in. They don't know he's a Mexican. Tyler Sanchez is not Mexican at all. <gasps> what? You remember Tyler Sanchez? Uh, no. Do you remember? I don't see ethnicity or hear <laughs> ethnicity. Come on, Sanchez. Gotta be Mexican. <laughs> just just let me ride this high horse. All right. Was that uh, the contest? No. Um, that was your first time in a contest like that? Sorry, what are you asking? The comedy clash. Oh, that was my first time in a contest, yeah. What'd you think of it? Because I had never seen anything like that before. Uh... It was fun. Because there was eight comedians. Mm-hmm. They each did five minutes. Mm-hmm. The first comedian went up, did five minutes, and then they pulled a name from the hat, and that's who they competed against. And the audience chose who who goes on to the next round. Oh, it was head-to-head. Th- head. Yeah, and then the wow. third comedian went up, did his five minutes, pulled a name, and the fourth comedian they competed against the fourth, right. and so on. You get the point. Yeah, yeah. And then the four comedians that advanced, in this case it was five. Yeah. They 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 went on to do three minutes, and then the three comedians that didn't advance performed in the losers round. Okay. And they did three minutes, and then we picked a winner out of that, and then we picked hmm. a winner out of the winners group by applause. And if Kylie Lewis Holt was here, I'd have an issue with her because <laughs> she asked the audience who who was the better comedian, who was the funniest comedian, her dash Bajwa or Shannon Williams, and her dash. Clearly got the loudest applause and cheers. And she goes, oh, that was really close. Let's do it again. Her dash, Shannon, same thing. Her dash. And she's like, wow, that was really close. Let's, let's ask the sponsor, who do, you think she, who do you think won? And the sponsor picked Shannon. Hmm. And I was very upset. So what I'm hearing is next time you be the judge. <laughs> I'm not going to put up 200 bucks. Well, co- competitions <laughs> like that are tough because if you do a, an audience thing, you get into that situation where you've got to be able to judge accurately. Herdesh brought no one. Oh, really? Wow. Then he that's is from impressive. Surrey. 
surprise. Yeah. And has no friends in Prince George. Has no friends. <laughs> no, he has me. Well, he's from Surrey. What do you expect? Yeah. He's got us, Brian. Um, but so the catch-22, and really you, you should have had a VU meter there that could have said, right? What? I'll, who I'll, got the loudest? But that the being said. Too, I think, I, the thing is, too, I think Kylie said she has the hearing issues. Okay. But Kylie, I'll interject. Kylie also made it a point that uh, we don't care about who your friends are. Like, she made it a point of just, let's try to be objective here. Well, well, sure. But realistically, yeah. if you're bringing a crowd, you're probably they're, they're going to get, gonna, they're still gonna you're probably cheer, gonna get yeah. a bigger plot. So there's that part of it. Then the other mm-hmm. catch-22 of that, the other side of that is if you have judges, then, well, first off, how do you get impartial judges? Two, if you get impartial judges, you got to kind of have them set up in a situation where people don't even know who they are because there's always backlash whenever you have a competition like that. I've seen this. Uh, they used to do uh, karaoke competitions and and uh, just uh, singing competitions, and there's always some backlash. You know, it doesn't matter. So... We're some, gonna we're gonna do it again. There's always <laughs> some grumbling, grumbling, grumbling person upset in the back. They're going, "Why didn't I win this time?" Or it's me. Or, it's uh, I'm that guy. Or family members, <laughs> you know, because you've got your friends there, and oh, you were robbed. You were robbed. I'm gonna give that judge a piece of my mind. See, at least I don't have family members going in the back. I'm gonna give that judge a piece of my mind. I don't think you have enough to spare. Ooh. So we need Reg as a judge next time with no, his volume. No, Reg would never volunteer for that gig. <laughs> Fine, we'll get you on stage. Because of what I said. <laughs> we are doing it again, though, in May. Okay. Uh, which should be good. Cause I'd, Do you have a date yet or no? Um, I heard May 19th, May 20th. I don't know which night. That's the long weekend, which sure. might be a good thing. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. Okay. Well, despite the uh, voting and judging issues there, it was a lot of fun. The crowds were great, and everybody gave a honest, or I don't even want to say honest effort. Everybody nailed it. Everybody nailed their sets. Everybody was hilarious, and I'd be happy to be part of it again. Her desk clearly had the best set. No, he didn't. Now I'm wishing <laughs> I had been there. Cause I... her, her desk was like he went at least a minute and 20 seconds before he got his first laugh. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty rare. It was odd. But it was like captivating. Okay. We're like, where's this guy going with this? He's got the cute, awkward guy angle going for him. Very him. awkward. Well, plus, <laughs> plus you've got that uh, uh, heavy accent. Mm-hmm. So the, the audience really has to pay attention to what you're saying or they're not going to hear, figure out what you're saying, right? This is true. So, and, he, and he speaks pretty slowly as well. Yeah. So there's, there's that aspect, too, that I guess helped him milk that first first uh, story. Because he's a storyteller, right? That's what yeah. he basically said on the show here. <laughs> Learned a lot about kind of his... monster drinks and the female anatomy. <laughs> All right. We're, oh, and they're also going to be uh, Herdesh Bajwa, Shannon Williams, and Sarah Jones are going to be part of my documentary. Oh, okay. Other voices. They're going to be yeah. in the closing credits. Nice. Um, to illustrate why representation matters, why diversity is a good thing, and the importance of other voices. And Shannon Williams, Sarah Jones are both Métis. Herdesh Bajwa, as you might guess, is not from Canada. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and, and it kind of gives a nice tail end for your show because it shows that 
you know, th- these uh, BIPOC comedians were at the beginning of this, but it's still carrying on. Right. Right. Sort of. And the contest had, it also bookends the contest aspect. Right. Because Neil and Pahal started comedy because of a contest we held. Oh, that's right, too. And yeah. that's how these three people started their yeah. comedy as well in the comedy contest. So this has been the Comedian's Table here on 93.1 CFIS-FM. It has. I'm your host, Brian Major. Tonight, my guests were... Reg Fair. Devin Flynn. Thank you for listening. Listen on Spotify.